Live, Live from New York, New York. It's Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday afternoon in the Road History Podcast. I'm trying to be extra cheery because this is going to be a very Debbie Downer episode. Yeah. Because Break out the Zoloft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're about to talk about a lot of death. First one is Deadliest Wars. So I guess for me, I've always viewed the deadliest war as World War One, and that is because, like, I guess in modern times, that's the war that changed the way people even looked at war. Right. Like before that, like French soldiers were looking like fucking peacocks out there, <laughs> and they were they were literally just like they were playing war. Like it well, was they like they were the color of a target sign. Right? Yeah. In archery. <laughs> Like yeah, that. so it's like exactly like they were just like shoot us, you know, because yeah. I think that before World War One, it was all just like playing war. No, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? No offense to all those people that died, but it was it, it's just like the level of warfare changed when it came to World War One, mm-hmm. and that's right. what made it to me feel so deadly is because war was not horrific until right. World War One. Like before right. then, it was kind of like an honor, and it felt right. like an honorable death, and. And it was it wasn't as terrifying until then, right? Uh, Brian, yeah, can you give us some information about what apparently is the deadliest war in the modern era, which is that Qing conquest of the Ming? Because I hear stuff like this, yeah. and I'm just, all I realize is that my high school really failed me when it came to like Far East sure. history. Yeah. yeah, and I'd like to know a little bit about what the hell that means. Um, so it's it's a strange one. So it's a little different from the difference uh, with the Qing and Ming. And like World War Two or World War One, is that uh, the biggest contribute, uh, biggest contributor to um, the casualties was that the invaders were allowed into the country, um, like past the wall. Exactly right. The Great Wall was kind of like what separated the Manchus, which is what the Qing uh, dynasty was founded from. That family or that ethnic group. Um, so they opened the walls, which was what was keeping them out. Because they needed they needed help in like civil wars, a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, up in the north, there were a bunch of like military campaigns. Uh, most notably, the Korean, uh, the Japanese invasion of Korea, and so they were being invaded by the Japanese. The Ming came to their aid, and that kind of like used up a lot of their resources. Uh, the Ming's resources they required. Um, assistance, and so they opened the floodgates. You know, the Great Wall asked for assistance from beyond the wall, and said, "Hey, you guys, help us get rid of our problems here, and you know, like we'll give you money, yada yada." But then, after after resolving all of that, the Manchus said, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to leave after uh, after helping you solve your problems." We kind of like it here. Yeah, so it's, it's, like it's kind of nice. It's, it's warm kinda, down it's, here. It's like a modern Trojan horse. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, but they brought it upon themselves, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, and so, so that contributed largely to the casualties because they were already inside the city, inside the walls that defended them from right. all that stuff. I have a question. So this is so. going on in like the early 1600s, right? Like yeah. this is like so. I guess that what what brought the death casualties in that war is the fact that they let them in the house, right? Like they yeah. were like, "Yo, come in here." Right. So it was like a close quarter combat. Yeah, like their biggest asset was that wall, and they were already past the wall. So this was like arrows and swords yeah. like what are we looking at here like what does a battlefield look like in uh, there the, were, in the there were conquest of the ming there were firearms flintlocks oh that's right you flintlocks. guys invented that shit yeah flintlocks that's right. cannons gunpowder 
It's your fault, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you do this Sorry. to us? Yeah, like, what the fuck, man? Sorry. You and your peoples, bro. Yeah. Swords <laughs> were bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's another deadly war? I want to so, so, hear more death shit, bro. I want to yeah. hear, like, how did they kill each other? So I guess they shot each other. They shot each other, horse horse archery, um, and swords. Yeah. I feel like there were some slit throats in the middle of the night, too. Definitely Some of that raiding yeah. shit happening. Yeah, so right existed. after that is the Spanish conquest of the Aztecs. And this one, if you want to talk about different weapons, the main weapon in this one was smallpox. Yeah. That's right. You don't yeah, usually think about that in a so war. This was, this was uh, chemical warfare before <laughs> Biological warfare, yeah. yeah. Before it was cool. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, the Before it was hip. The death toll for that was 24.3 million. There was a guy named Hernan Cortez, who was a Spanish conquistador. He and 500 of his homies, showed up in Tenochtitlan, which was the capital of the Aztec Empire, which was bigger than Rome, bigger than Paris, bigger than London. Uh, when he showed up, they'd never seen ships this size. They'd never seen horses. They'd never seen pale faces and light eyes and gold hair. They thought he was a god. So they let him in. They're like, oh, the gods have finally arrived. Like, come on in. They introduce him to the emperor. So these 500 dudes take him captive. They're like, it's it's kind of similar to the king, to the Ching and Ming thing, where like they let him in the door. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. And they're like, you know, they weren't coming at him like this is an invading army. Yeah. So these 500 people come in, they get into the capital, they go into the main pyramid, and then they're like, now. And they start butchering people. They take uh, Matazuma captive, and basically they have to flee, but because they have guns, because they have armor, because they have all this shit, uh, they're able to escape. Six months after they leave, Half the population is dead from smallpox in those six months. Six months after that, Cortez comes back with a lot more people, and then it's easy pickings after that. that that's smart. So they really just dropped like a... They got lucky. The they, Spanish got lucky when it came to the Aztecs. Well, you know you know what's funny? Because, all right, a couple things I want to address, first of all. Uh, damn, I have like a, a three three points I want to address. First thing is about Aztec cities. Yeah. That there was that scan that, that realized that the cities were much bigger than initially... Humongous, yeah. Yeah, like than initially proposed. It was like that the populations of these cities were up to like 1 million. Like, and it's crazy because that that's something that really interests me because that the information that I had access to in like New York public schools, right? There is no mention of South America as this super culture or this super society that was so fucking massive. And, and it's just kind of like blurred out from his from history. Like I feel like the U.S. has this dominance of the Americas, right, yeah. and it's like it Euro, has to be the biggest. It, yeah, it's yeah. very Eurocentric, right. and it really helps the U.S. be like the most the biggest right. player in the Americas when totally disregarding the fact that five six thousand years before we existed, Dory there was these giant fucking civilizations in south yeah. america you know that we just ignore yeah um, i mean this is mexico this is north america really oh, so yeah kind of spread out but uh tenochtitlan is somewhere in uh in mexico next thing i want to talk about uh -huh. europeans bro their immune system i think that's that might be what literally set them apart like right, what yeah. set them apart as colonizers is just european immune system bro <laughs> it's just like they what went, the <laughs> fuck like they go places and they yeah. give people diseases that pretty much in any instance that they've gone somewhere there's this whole like we accidentally gave them diseases. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Yeah, their biggest yeah. weapon was, was yeah. smallpox. Yo, son, yeah. and I'm starting to believe that it's not an accident. Yeah. Like, in my heart, I'm starting to feel like 
this is not an accident, bro. Like, they yeah. did it to the natives of Australia. They did it to the natives of South America and Mexico. They yeah. did it to the natives of North America. They like, And I'm sure that if you look back in history, they did it to some other people, too. And it's probably yeah. been going on since we killed the Neanderthals. <laughs> but there's something about it that makes me feel like there's what? no way this is a mistake. Like, it can't be a mistake every time. They probably called it Operation CTD. Colonial transmitted diseases. <laughs> <laughs> Colonially transmitted diseases, bro. That shit's interesting to me. Uh, and then the third thing is what I find interesting about this story in general is just like, so you mean to tell me that these dudes came over here mm -hmm. and said, take me to your leader. Yeah. No, so imagine and that. <laughs> imagine the, the, the comparable thing now. Like, let's say like aliens, because mm -hmm. it's like basically aliens. The sea was like the fucking... Uh, the stars back then. It was space. You know? yeah. yeah, it was space. So like, except, you know, except in modern time, you wouldn't want to take him to a leader. Right? No, probably not. No. <laughs> or maybe you would. Yeah, it would be the op it would be the opposite. Trump Trump would like kidnap them and like start yeah. this whole like you know intergalactic yeah. war. Based on that. Deport them, right? But yeah, I mean, you know, let's, let's think of it like let's say Washington D.C. Uh, a ship just lands there from like an interstellar ship. They're riding these animals we've never seen. They look like fucking Valyrians or something. They look otherworldly. Well, they ri they're riding horses, right? Well, they're riding horses. So, like, yeah. imagine if you've never seen a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, they, that they shit's have crazy. They didn't have horses Oh, they brought here. horses to North America, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. The conquistadors brought horses. So, it's like you see these, like, people that look like nothing you've ever seen. Um, they have technology that you can't possibly wrap your head around. They're riding animals that you've never seen anything like this before. Mm -hmm. You're going to be like a little uh, overwhelmed, overwhelmed by the yeah. situation. Yeah, All right, that, well, that's what helped them build their empire. Which damn. one of these? Which one of these top five wars do you know about, Yaz? All right, um, like I'm not sure about the top five. I'm like looking a little grander to the top ten. Mm -hmm. So one that caught my attention in terms of a deadly war, but it was really interesting. Like it had drama, family drama. It had like the devil influencing the government, se several different factions fighting. It was the Russian Civil War before the revolution, right? Oh, like, that's like, I mean, after the revolution. The Russian Revolution went over to the Tsar and then after the. Russian oh, right. So this is 1917 to 1923. This is very recent. Yeah, it's like 9 million people died in the process of converting the Romanov family to the Soviet Union. It was a crazy ass war. And then you had like crazy figures like Rasputin, who was like, bro, you read up about Rasputin, man, that guy was on something. Like, what? he was. He was like. A mystic? He was like, a, like okay, so he was a mystic and like the Tsar's son, like Nicholas II's son, he, he was suffering from like uh, hemophilia or something. Um, yeah, I think it was hemophilia. Yeah. That's the bleeding one, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. he brought it, they brought in Rasputin to the family because he said he was going to like fix the son and stuff. And he was like very unconventional and he was really into like crazy sex parties and stuff mm -hmm. like that. That's what they were saying. Yeah, because he, he was kind of like, he was kind of like a pauper. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, like he was a, like, he was like this crazy like mystic. I think yeah. mystic was probably the yeah. best way to describe yeah. it, but he was also kind of like a hobo. Yo, yeah. Could you imagine a 1917 sex party? I mean, that was yeah. probably a little with the, smelly. With like the Russian nun. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably a little smelly. I gotta be yeah. honest with you. I'm just, I Yo, mean, that, that, that's another thing about time travel that they don't show enough in movies. Like the yeah. minute you step out of that time machine, you're gonna throw up for like 25 yeah. minutes. <laughs> like you have to. Like, this, yeah, like, like you will be gagging, streets, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you won't even be able to take a proper bath. No yeah, and, I, and not only that, you're having a sex party oh. in 1917 oh, with man. a known hobo. Yeah, dude. Like, that's crazy. A yeah. big-ass hobo. Yeah, yeah in, yo, in the royal mansion. Favor, dear yeah, listener, dude. look up Rasputin. This guy looks like... You wouldn't let him... You'd walk on the other side of the street if you saw him coming. Like, this is a weird... 
weird looking dude. Yeah, like long hair and stuff. Wait, so a, so what was this uh, devil influence in the in it, the Russian Civil War? Like like the Rasputin aspect that I've been saying about yeah. because people looked at him like because it was a very conservative uh, Christian society, like more orthodox the Russian society. So a lot of the people were like being influenced by like like the rebels mm-hmm. saying like oh you know our government influenced by this you know like devil who's like. Yeah. Causing everyone to have sex parties at the in the government and like doing like devil practices and stuff. Yeah. What happened after? Like a lot of historians would argue that Rasputin ignited the Russian Revolution because of how people, how much people did it. So it was like a, it was like bad PR. Who was, but like, he was he. So so what are the two factions in the Russian Civil War? So uh, it was it was the rise of communism with Stalin right. is uh, one side. Uh, it was the rise of communism first with Lenin. Oh, um, sorry, yeah, with right, Lenin, not right, Stalin. Right. Apologies. So Lenin promoted. Uh, it's like there's a famous like a phrase that said Lenin read a book on Marx. Which, mm-hmm. And that influenced uh, socialist, um, Bolshevik, uh, you know, rise yeah. to power. That, that was the Red Army. And then there was yeah. the White Army. The White Army was um, a mix of um, capitalistic um, ideals along with um, people who were more monarchist, yeah. like, and, you know, supporting the Tsars. At the same time, some people who, like, you could call them, like, the 1917 alt-left. They were like a different interpretation of what socialist government could be like, and they were at war with the Bolsheviks the whole time. Okay, so there's three factions here. Uh, no, there's two. Uh, there's like the third one you could consider the Green Army. So okay. there's like the Red Army, the White Army, and there's a small one called the Green Army, but it wasn't as impactful as the White Army versus Red Army. Oh, okay, they were like a smaller voice. Yeah, it's really like off. the Jill Stein party, like nobody. Boom, 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 shots. So you know what's, what? What I've always found interesting is just going back to my my deadliest war because it's not just casualties; it's also a matter of impact. And right. Like I feel like that the Russian Civil War is like a direct. Uh, result of what happened during World War One, right? Yeah, where like the German, the, the German armies, mm-hmm. when their backs are against the wall, and they're fucking everybody up. First right, of all, yeah. like I don't, I don't want to big up Germany during this time because they did some horrific shit immediately mm-hmm. after. But yo, the fucking Germans, bro, yeah. they were yeah. fucking everyone up. First of all, and and it's easy mm-hmm. to tell why because the way I mentioned the French earlier is peacocks. If right. you look at their soldiers of the time. They were fucking soldiers of right. the future. Like it was like when the Aztecs got when Cortez came off that ship. Right. It, it was like when they saw the Germans arrive <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, these motherfuckers didn't come to play." Uh-huh. One thing about engagement in in these wars that that I, that I find very interesting is that the soldiers themselves, obviously, after so much death and so much casualties, people don't even know why they're fighting anymore. Right? Yeah, right? Sure. Like the soldiers in the front lines, they have no for idea sure. why they're fighting. They're just they're actually each fighting to stay alive. You right, know what I mean? Yeah. So when they do have ceasefires, like the guys speak to each other. Like mm. the guys are like talking and they're like, yeah. yo, you know what I mean? Like there's this Lenin, famous right. story of them celebrating a Christmas. They <laughs> they had a ceasefire and like both factions like like uh both uh, the allies and the, and the German factions, they were kind of like, they just got together and they were like, yo, fuck it, let's celebrate Christmas. Yeah, they, they shared cigarettes and everything. Yeah, it's yeah. so like, yeah. during those times, though, the Germans were like, yo, let me, let's pass mm-hmm. them these Lenin pamphlets. Right, yeah. So, like, World War One like, pushed the it Russian pushed, Civil pushed. War also. Um, and what is also interesting about the Russian Civil War is, like, there's, like, a lot of family, like, aspect to it, right? So, like, the... the, like the the Romanov family, initially, they hung uh, Lenin's older brother. 
mm. for being a rebel, like anti-Tsarist and stuff. Yeah. And when Lenin was a little kid, and that's what pushed Lenin more into like being a rebel, like, you know, like supporting the Bolshevik Red Army and stuff like that. So, and then after, at the end, a lot of people, this is where it's become more like a conspiracy. But like, I like to subscribe to the fact that Lenin authorized the, you know, the murder of the Romanov family when they're hiding. Kind of like a payback for, you know, them hanging his brother. And for any Disney fans out there, you could watch the movie Anastasia. Yeah. And get some, <laughs> some background on this war. Oh, she was a Romanov, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Anastasia. Okay. Another That's the mysterious one that supposedly got yeah. away. Right. Yeah. So, like, the cool thing about Anastasia, when she was born, she her was the youngest. Dad, right? Wait, this is a real, sh- that's, this is real shit? Yeah. No, so Hold like, up. The, time look, out. Are no, we talking so, about a Disney movie or are we talking so, about real shit? So, Anastasia Both. inspired a and Disney the, movie, yes. <laughs> Rasputin is, yeah. I mean, this part's probably historically inaccurate, but he's basically like a zombie monster in that cartoon. Well, I mean, you look at pictures of him online, and he kind of looks like yeah, kind of like a, a zombie monster. <laughs> so it probably like is true. But like legit, if you, I, I'm gonna fast forward just a little bit. When they finally executed Rasputin, right. am I right to they had to like kill him four times or something? They like shot, he like, like they, I think uh, they shot him four times. They first they tried to poison first him and tried to they, drown him too. No, no, first no, they poisoned. No, no, they didn't try to drown him. He drowned because he didn't know how to swim after they shot him. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He drowned. He died from drowning after the motherfucker tried to shoot him four times. They tried to poison him. He kept sipping that poison yeah, like yeah. it was wine. Fucking yeah. yo, crackheads don't die. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, like, I, like you, yo, man, you want to kill yo, a hobo? Like, yo, <laughs> was really a hobo, bro. Like, <laughs> like, like, he had that crystal like, meth yeah, energy. He's like, ooh, this poison's delicious. Getting a little buzz on it. <laughs> yo, hold up. Tell me about Anastasia, because right, so, I did not know that this right. was, like, I'm from, I've okay. heard of the Disney movie, but right. I don't know the background. So, like, the Anastasia, the famous story about Anastasia is like she escaped the murder of her family and she was hiding in like Western Europe, you know, under a false name. And then that's what brought up the literature about, oh, Anastasia, like the lost child and stuff. But like historically, all the evidence points that she was probably one of the people who got killed. Like by, by Lenin, by, by the Red the, Army. By, by the Red Army. People say Lenin would never authorize it, but nothing would have gone without Lenin's permission back right. then. Mm, okay. Yeah. You were telling me about Japanese pirates. Can you quickly, yes. please? Because yeah. I don't usually think of pirates as being <laughs> Japanese, but I would really yeah. like to hear like a little bit yeah, about I'm that. I'm actually glad well, you brought actually, that up. I actually, kind of forgot that, about that, that. That could actually lead us right into our next topic where we're going to talk about some bad motherfuckers in history, right? Oh, yeah. And we're going to yeah. talk about some bad mojos. So I guess to lead that off, we could start off with these Japanese pirates just to set the stage for what a bad motherfucker is. Yeah, sure. Um, so Japanese pirates, uh, they are a thing. Well, typically, I think when Americans or even the Western world, we think of the Japanese, um, we samurai. Think like samurai. Yeah. Ninjas. I think samurai immediately. Yeah. I just think like honor killers. For, like, so that's like, I mean, that is a big part of what the Japanese were, but as far as other countries around them were concerned, they were mostly pirates. They raided Pacific islands, coasts of coastlines of China. Right. Um, what, what makes somebody a pirate though? Like they're Vikings, you mean, right? Well, they they don't operate under uh, a nation state. Right. Okay, so right. it's just like dudes on ships. Right. Wait, so there was this was just like individuals, in, yeah. from Japan, and yeah. they would. So these individuals would get their hands on a boat, mm-hmm. and you know, like w- through whatever means, they would get them their hands on a crew, and they would say, "Yo, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's try to find some islands, find some shit to conquer." Yeah. So they were like ironborn. Yeah. 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 So, it, so Damn. an interesting fact, Snapple fact. Uh, my fam- the village that my family's from in 
uh, right outside of Hong Kong, was actually founded. Uh, What's it called? It's called Da Peng. And it was founded like five, six hundred years ago as a fort to fight off these pirates that were invading uh, important port cities around southern China. So the village just kind of built around this. Yeah. Like it was like a fort stronghold city. Stronghold yeah. type of, yeah. Right. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, it goes back really far. Um, but yeah, the main purpose of it was to fend Japanese off against pirates. Japanese pirates. Oh, wait a second. So, like, they would even conquer, like, coastal villages in Japan. They'd raid them. And uh, then pillage, raid and pillage, like pillage. Vikings. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. what did they wear? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that's a good what question. did they wear. I'm what do these guys look like? Yeah, like what I don't did know. they wear? That's a good question. I don't know. They I'd imagine happy. like just because uh, I feel like it'd be hard light, to move around in like a, in like cloth. It's also like really hot in that region. Yeah. You don't want to like wear a lot of shit. Yeah, and what they smelled like for some reason it's like what I'm thinking like it's they, like they probably yeah. didn't smell too much Asians generally don't smell that much <laughs> just shut up <laughs> shut up <laughs> like, like shut up bro I, I, I remember like reading on on, on the Mongols yeah. and like that was one of their tactics where like mm-hmm. they would I actually like gearing up for battle right. they would not like clean themselves or shower for like right. weeks and months because oh, it was so advantageous what? to to have a foul smell wow oh. especially in like close barbarian. quarter combat yeah. yeah it'd be like off-putting yeah right it's like off-putting like imagine Every you little like, edge. i don't want to fight yeah, you like, man. Uh, you smell yeah imagine trying to find imagine trying That's to fight true. rasputin bro he's this <laughs> fucking hobo like fight try, you know, fighting a homeless person would fucking suck even yeah. if you went but, but think because of, now you gotta like stand on top of him right. you gotta hit him like you got him all over you think of european right. pirates too because they they did that i mean you, you know you're, you're talking about mongols but think of the european pirates would like uh blackbeard would like tie uh, Jack Sparrow flints into his beard and light yeah. them on fire so that when he's coming at you you just see this dude with like sparks coming out of his head what the like because <laughs> every little edge counts right if you could kind of terrorize someone yeah you make them like you know buck back for a second and then you, you take yeah, advantage right, of that the... situation so yeah I could see stink being an edge in warfare right. yeah, yeah that's yeah. funny though because you think of like the Greeks and they would like wash themselves and get super clean before yeah. battle and like put rub little <laughs> oils all over themselves fucking, and yeah stuff. but yeah. you see but actually they could afford to shower and shit like that and be clean because I feel like their shit was all tactical. Their mm-hmm. shit was not like close quarter combat like yo oh. let's get let's get busy. It was like yo how can we maneuver ourselves to victory? You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. and that's probably what started that whole like the bitching upness of like that's why the French ended up with those fucking uniforms. It's <laughs> because the fucking Romans started to tell like no let's be tactical. Like you know, yeah because honestly I hate that shit and I do, feel like do if, war in style. Yeah yeah like I it's mean, like yo let me get this fancy hell with this fucking yeah. mohawk. Have you, have you seen the outfit of the Vatican like royal guard? It's designed by oh, the Mike- Swiss guard? Yeah, yeah. it's a no. Swiss guard. It's designed by Michelangelo himself. And it's like yellow, like orange, blue, red. I'm going to definitely look that up because I feel like that... that, that Oh yeah, I've seen this before for yeah. sure. It's uh, it's like you see it in the Vatican. It's like the most colorful guards ever. And you're like, these motherfuckers gonna defend the pope. But you know, <laughs> but you know why? It's because it stopped being about fighting and it started being about like tactical maneuvers. You right. know what I mean? And like, how do you do this? And and the reason why I really have a distaste for that is because I feel like yo, if you're gonna kill someone, it's dope to do it in like close quarters. Not yeah, dope, I mean, but like, it's <laughs> like like yo, if you really want to kill me, it's my guys, like yeah. I, I need you to like, stab me to death. Don't wait. shoot me from. 400 yeah, yards away no, you feel me like that's so impersonal I feel like if I'm gonna go to war I need to go to war in a style like I, to, like, I mean like yo, I'm like I'm not gonna die like I'm not gonna go to war dressed like Rasputin I'm like fuck that yeah <laughs> but, but that's the shit though if, you go, if you're not if you're dressed in style you're gonna be scared to get dirty 
So that's why it's like, yo, you get there, you want to be comfortable, and you want to be already dirty in an outfit that you could fuck up, <laughs> and then you like that. But that's if you really yeah. getting down and dirty. You that's why, like, I can't respect that that form of war. Like, yo, we shooting each other from halfway across a football field. Yeah, like I, that shit is corny. No, I, I get I get where you're coming from. I think I just think like if you were to die, it would be better to be dead in a nice uniform than an ugly one, because people would like like, yeah. oh, he died in that like. That's crazy. That's a losing mentality. Yo, yeah, You're starting I, off yeah. with the end. Yeah, like, I, I have the absolute. Like, no, yo, like, I have the absolute opposite opinion of you. Like, if I die in war, like I want to die with like people's hair in my hand. <laughs> yeah, like, sure, fucking, no. Like people, like someone's arm <laughs> over here. In your mouth. My my fucking uniform's all <laughs> so, fucked up. So, like I was fucking wearing it. Like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, like biting your finger. Oh no, no. It's like a hundred percent dying. Like you know, killing a lot of motherfuckers, a lot of blood on you. But like it's still like it's nice to wear something like like instead of like bronze, something like gold and shit. So let's get into some bad motherfuckers. All right, let's. Uh, uh, which way am I coming? Am I coming uh, clockwise or am I coming? Clockwise, no. So I'm coming across the room. Yeah. All right. So let me just come across the room to Yaz. All right. Uh, Reverse alphabetical. (laughs) Hit (laughs) hit us with a deadly motherfucker. All right. So. Um, there's a man in the Middle East back in the days called Hassan E. Sabah. He's like the founder of a cult, not a cult, like a group of people called the Hashashin. The Hashashin is like an Arabic word for people who smoke hash. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Like the hash smokers. And they're so like. And ha- ha- hash is weed, right? Uh, it's like it's from the same plant, but, okay. it, but it's a different high. Based on what my buddies tell me, right? Got it. <laughs> right, but like the hashashin is the like after when you when you like the modern term for it is assassin. They mm. they made pop they popularized their assassinations of political figures. Because back in the Crusader era, um, they called Hassan um, the old man of the mountain, and basically it it was like a sect of um, Islam called like the Ismaili sect. And they're like a more liberal version of Islam. And what they did was like try to fuck with the Crusaders from Europe. At the same time, fuck with Saladin. Saladin's army, like the Muslim army and stuff. So they tried to play both sides. And there's a popular story about what they tried to do to Saladin to like to try to tell him like, you know, like leave us alone and stuff. One of their assassins got into his tent. He placed a, like a blade under his pillow. And when he woke up the next day, he sewed up late and like, that's how close we can come to you. Kind of yeah. Stuff. You and got he, off late yeah. this time, buddy. Right. So just, just to, to, just to provide uh, right. some context around sure. the time period. Right. Uh, this is uh, which late. Cru- which crusade is this? Yeah. yeah this is, uh, it's like the Saladin This is late crusade. 11th century. So this is like Saladin. 1050, yeah. like 1060s, 1070s right. around there probably. So the late 11th century into the early 12th century. Mm-hmm. So right. 1050s into the early 1100s, so 1120s, something 11, like that. Yeah. Is this the same? Assassin's this, Creed. From okay. Assassin's Creed. I was just going to ask. Is this the same group that Assassin's Creed is based around? Yeah, I was like, Hashashin's? Wait, but it's only relevant for the first game. Anything that came after the first game. The first game took place in the Middle East. That's like what we know about the group. Anything after is all like... Like game, like uh, creativity, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's fictional. Mm-hmm. But here's here's why here's why they're interesting. Here's in my opinion, like they call them the hash smokers, and here's why. Here's how they would get somebody into the group. They would bring one of those poor people who they know that they're like you know healthy and skilled and stuff. 
they'll take them into their castle. They had a castle like in like Syria and in Persia. Ma- Masayaf. Masayaf in Syria, and they had a, another one in Alamar in Persia. Masayaf, I wanted to see it in Syria, but like there's a civil war going on, you can't see it. Right. But um, what they would do, man, is um, they would get them get the new uh, recruit really high on hash, so high that you don't know what's real and what's not. They would take him to this beautiful garden with wine and water and like flowered and like beautiful women around them that would like feed them and have sex with Damn, them. And sign me up. Yeah. I'm in so far, <laughs> man. Yeah. I'm fucking with this so far. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they would get them really hooked on this lifestyle, like to make them feel like they're in paradise, right? And what happens after is when the drugs start to wear off, they would put them in a in a like a you know dungeon locked up and stuff for like a while, and they're like you know there's a drug withdrawal from them and stuff. And they would be in a lot of pain, they're hungry, they're thirsty and stuff. Um, and then the group would come up to them with Hassan, Isabah, and he would tell them, like, if you want the lifestyle of heaven, you have to follow my lead. Like, you know, be with me. And because they were overwhelmed with, like, that heaven lifestyle with, like, all these, like, beautiful women they're having sex with and, like, yeah. getting drunk and, like, high on hash, they would, like, worship him. And they so he st- was a pimp. He would, but he would like he created a class <laughs> he was a motherfucking gangster. He was like a yeah. drug dog. Right. He got you get like like hooked on drugs yes. that only he had yeah. and lifestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's but, like, but, you want but, more of this? But he created a group of fighters that would infiltrate not one side but all sides, like the Muslims and the Christian. They made no distinction, and they moved the crusade. Like yeah. they would move like. They would. They only focused on political figures. They would. They didn't focus on like you know like the poor people and stuff like that. It was only political figures. That's and, badass. And they like they would like they would just assassinate them. Like if they didn't like somebody, they would assassinate them. Yo, you think that kind of shit happens nowadays? Yeah, I mean, I guess you seen John Wick. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Based on John Wick history, <laughs> yo, uh, Alex, what do you have by way of badass motherfuckers? Have you ever heard of a man? Named Geronimo. Have you ever heard of a man? <laughs> so Geronimo! Yeah, that's right. We've all the heard the man? war cry before. So well, I don't know if any of you guys know anything about Apache warriors. I so do not. No. This was the most hardcore American guerrilla fighters. Okay? Now, to give you a little bit of background. Uh, ethnically, these people, their ancestors came from Siberia. And they settled in the American Southwest. You know, Arizona, Colorado, New Mexico parts of Texas, uh, around 1500. So they were some of the last groups to actually show up oh. in the Americas and settle. Wow. So their ancestors came from freezing cold temperatures, and they settled in some of the hottest temperatures, up to 120 degrees in some of these mountains. And from the 1500s when they settled, in the 1600s, they'd already started going to war with the Spanish. First they fought the Spanish, then they fought the Mexicans when, when Mexico became a thing. And then when the U.S. took over... New Mexico, Texas, you know, the parts that used to be part of Mexico, they were also fighting the Americans. So they had a war to the north, which was with the Americans, and a war to the south with the Mexicans for, like, basically their entire history as people. Um, How long was that history? for? So from about 1600, they started fighting. So they arrived around 1500. Yeah. Or or settled around 1500. By 1600, they were at war with the Spanish. And some of these battles would be 600 Apache versus several thousand Spanish soldiers, and they would whoop the shit out of the Spanish soldiers because they were guerrilla fighters, they were snipers, they were brutal, they would ambush, they were like exactly what you didn't want to face in war, like someone yeah. who never faces you. Yeah. Um, and then the last... He was the boogeyman. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? They were, the, they were the boogeyman. And I'll, get, I'll give you a great quote. So this guy, U.S. Army General George Crook, 
who was in all the Indian wars and who fought for more than two decades Indians, all kinds of Indians, said the Apache are the tiger of the human species. That's what he said about his opponent. He also said that fighting an Apache usually meant not seeing anything but a puff of smoke and then never seeing anything again. Wow, that is a dope quote. Yeah. Yo, that's cool. Yeah. That is dope. Yeah. <laughs> so in, this all ended in 19th century when Geronimo, who led like the final re- real resistance of the yeah. Apache, uh, surrendered in 1886. So they were at war from 1600 to 1886 with three huge military powers with way less numbers. And in the end with Geronimo... Oh, that's like 200 years, bro. Over 200, yeah. And then in the end, with, with, uh, with Geronimo leading a band, it was 35 warriors who went rogue rogue history who went rogue <laughs> in the mountains of southern arizona and new mexico and it took five thousand u.s army soldiers and three thousand mexican soldiers a year to beat 35 apache led by geronimo it's eight thousand soldiers 8, 000 collectively and to like take down year. 35 for and it took them a year a yeah. year yeah no they own the, they own those mountains man and you know just like with <laughs> what, all the other Leonidas <laughs> like yeah with, that like is with hardcore. what we were saying about the Aztecs like you know these they lost ninety percent of their numbers to smallpox yeah I truly believe that had maybe you couldn't say this about every Indian group but like yeah. specifically the Apache had they never lost their numbers due to smallpox I think that you you'd have an Apache state. In between Mexico and U.S., I don't yeah. think they would have ever been able to beat them at full strength. How, how, how were they by way of politics, though? Because you can't like they could be great warriors, right? right. Mm-hmm. But in terms of no, like, I, I wouldn't like want to live in an states. Apache. I wouldn't want to live in an Apache uh, state. Like I, I'm saying like they were the best warriors. I wouldn't right. say culturally they were the best example of Native Americans. Yeah. Like I'd probably say like the Sioux were probably a better example right. of like a good a better society. Right. But like so they they were like the uh, uh, like the tigers they were the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the tigers i just read like it was, it was already there it was the tigers absolutely so what, man what makes geronimo special though because not for nothing number one first thing i just got to get this joke off i just looked up a picture of him and he really just looks like an angry grandmother so he looks like an about angry picture. grandmother so bro look up the, <laughs> look he looks like this picture. Picture. yeah <laughs> anyone listening look at this picture and just think about this how little that gun looks yeah that is a big mean motherfucker right there and he was a medicine man he didn't like want to lead them this is like yeah. the 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 role that he ended up falling into basically once the apaches all lost they the apache people were taken to the equivalent of like guantanamo bay they were taken to florida yeah. to basically like die in a pow camp and there were still like not formally but there were still uh apache resistance in those mountains until 1935 yeah consider Damn, that so that's wow until 19th almost and their entire from, history was them at war the 1600s yeah hard, there's that quote uh from a song of ice and fire that ned stark says to his sons mm-hmm. hard places make hard people that's the story of the apache so what do you got by way of bad motherfuckers brian i got a pirate one specific pirate oh shit a woman pirate Ooh. from the Qing dynasty of china oh i like her already yeah all right get ready for this 19th century woman pirate Works starts her life off working in a brothel. Oh, because of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> well, of course. Falls in love with a pirate man, though. Oh. Joins him by his side. He dies early. She takes over. She builds up this navy fleet that commands the whole South China Sea. Grows from like 20 to 30 ships to 300, commanding 20 to 40,000 men. Damn, mother of dragons, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, and at towards the end of her career, 
uh, she finds that her her fleet is splintering into factions, and so she just says, "All right, it's time to dissolve." She dissolves a group, manages to marry uh, well her adopted son, uh, which is kind of strange. Uh, but yeah. negotiated terms, negotiated terms, traits right yeah. here, like negotiated terms with the Chinese fuck. government or the Qing government because they couldn't stop the fleet. Uh, they've been trying to fight them for so long. They're like, all right, we'll just take whatever we can get. Mm-hmm. Dissolved her fleet, managed to get a like government position for her husband, and she lived her life running a gambling house. What is her name? Until sixty nine, Ching Shi. Wow, you know what's crazy is the time period that this is taking place at, because this is like eighteen hundreds. Yeah, like this is like very, very recent. Yeah. Like this was like the she's U- kind of cute, man. Yo, look up the pictures. I mean, these are like <laughs> illustrations and stuff, but like I, you know, she's I a badass. Get, I, I get down with this. She has I, like a. I didn't know if this was a real picture or not, because this one is not even I an illustration. This was an actual picture here. Oh, maybe. No, some of those yeah. are. Like I guess there's been I, movies. Photos made did and exist, stuff, though, right? But they had uh, yeah, there, yeah, there are artist renderings, and uh, yeah, I mean she's a, she's a nice looking woman. Well, know? I mean she worked at a brothel. I'd be her first mate, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I I'd go second. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean her her fleet was raiding, terrorizing the South China Sea. How do you think? You know what's interesting about that? As as a woman, how do you think that she led? Like, how do you lead a band of pirates? Just so your, it's your charisma. It's, so it's said that she actually led uh, with an iron tight fist. Oh, you she'd can't do it out of Yeah, she'd literally um, like a- any any dissenters. She'd just stab, shoot, throw overboard. All right. Mm-hmm. That being said, though, she, uh, she was also said to be very fair. Right. Um, all women and children that were that ever encountered her fleet of pirates uh, were basically given like a sort of amnesty, like they'd be treated well. Not great. They were still robbed, but they wouldn't be killed or raped and stuff. Um, if a male pirate in her crew were... That's nice. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. If a male pirate in her crew fancied a woman they picked up, he could marry her, but he had to be uh, he had to be monogamous. Like, he could not pick up another woman. He needed to be faithful. Mm. Otherwise, it's, she'd shank him, shoot him, throw him overboard. Damn. That's crazy. It, it's funny that you said that she led with an iron fist because when you're explaining the story, the like the person that comes to mind immediately is Madame Gao yeah. from the comic book Iron Fist, where it's like mm. it's it's this like older Chinese yeah, lady the hand, that right? huh? She's part of the she's hand. part of the hand, yeah. right? Uh, so she she yeah. moves the hand, and it's like this older Chinese lady that rules with, in fact, an iron fist. Iron fist, yeah. Like the first tiger mom. Uh, her. Yeah. Great. So yeah. In, as far as deadly as motherfuckers, I'm gonna just drop this one in here. I don't really ha- he doesn't have this captivating story or like this like it's not as interesting because it feels so close to home. Uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a black horse pick because I don't think that he is that he's not a masterful warrior. Right. He is not someone that I would be afraid to get into a fist fight with. He is somebody <laughs> that you know, like at first glance, you wouldn't really think anything much of him, and he kind of looks like a point Dexter, right? Like this is like true Revenge of the Nords type shit. And his name is Harry S. Truman. He Harry. is, I believe, the thirty third president of the United States, and. The reason why he's a bad motherfucker is because he said yes to not just one nuclear bomb, but two. And I think that the goal to say nuclear bomb, yeah, drop that shit. 
during a war that was already in the bag right, at yeah. that. Like, the war was already in the bag. It was done. Just to right. speed things up. Yeah, it was just like, hey, you know what? These motherfuckers still talking. Yeah, just, just, just drop the nuclear one. Right, yeah. Just, just hit them. I Give them two. Fuck it. And if I, <laughs> like, those are the only two atomic bombs ever dropped in war ever. And yeah. those but will probably be the only two ever dropped. I mean, ever. If we're, if we're Un- lucky, like, not only yeah. that, but like they were unnecessarily dropped because by then the Japanese were ready to surrender only on the condition that their emperor would be okay. Because Soviet Union came from the from the north invading Japan, and Japan was ready to surrender. But they're like. Nah, let's just drop it and test out a nuclear weapon on him. Yeah, so that's why he's a he's a he's a he's a black horse bad motherfucker, bro. Because he really did that shit for no fucking reason, and dropping a nuclear bomb on somebody for no reason it, it's a, some bad motherfucker shit. Yeah, man. Um, Wait, so, so before we move on, let's do a battle royale. So we got Madam Shi Ching Shi versus Harry Truman versus Geronimo versus I'm sorry. Has, uh, Hassan Sabah. Who wins this fight? I'm going with Truman, bro. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> hard. You, to be you can't, you can't yeah. win. <laughs> I'm going with Truman, bro. Yeah, no. I'm going with Truman. Not just from the nuclear bomb aspect. Is that if he had, he would have given them all smallpox. Yeah, it feels like with eight, <laughs> with eight thousand soldiers, bro, looking for the thirty-five Apache. I think that Truman would have just burned down that entire mountain plain. Like he would have just you been okay. like, Yo, you know what we should do? Here's what it is. We're gonna kill everything in the area. Like just drop something that's gonna destroy everything. Set the Scorched entire. Yeah, just a scorched earth, earth approach would have been like what that nerd motherfucker would have did. And he was a Democrat, by the way. <laughs> most of the most, yo, you know what's crazy? Most of the evil motherfuckers in American history were Democrats. Just to, to, to throw that wow. out there. For what it's worth, uh, Fuck Thomas Democrats Jefferson, at that time right? had a very different policy from current Democrats. Absolutely. Just, just yeah. putting that out there. Mm-hmm. But fucking yeah. Democrats, yeah, I fucking hate Democrats, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, yo, let's. <laughs> he wasn't a Democrat. He was he a federalist. Would, yeah. Ah, so fuck them too. Or no, he was a Democratic Republican. There was a different party that doesn't exist anymore. It's a real amalgam of a bunch of different shit. Right That's there. crazy. Yeah. Well, fuck like, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. Uh, yo, let's go into this PopCon. Oh, Jesus. Jesus Christ. It's a conspiracy. And and this is this is one that actually is pretty interesting to me because it could go in many different directions. And yeah. and, and at the end of this PopCon, we got to determine whether or not we can properly debunk this one. Hell yeah. And this one is the Mandela Effect. Also known as false memory. Collective, Collective false, false memory. Collective false memory, yeah. I actually really like this one. This is a good, this is a good topic. This is pretty out there, man. So who, who has the uh, accurate... Uh, uh, a quick blurb on what it means. Okay. Take so the wheel on this one, Alex. Basically, it gets its name Mandela Effect because in the 90s, there was a lot of people in the U.S. who had a vivid memory of seeing a funeral for Nelson Mandela. And there was this big TV event. That never happened. Uh, he's still alive, right? No, he's dead. No, oh, he's he dead now. Recently. Yeah, but, like recently, recently, right. So this is before he became president of South Africa. Um, so another way to think of this is, have you ever heard of the show Berenstein Bears? I don't know the show, but I remember the books. The books? Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently it was Berenstain Bears. And this is another illustration of this, that you have a collective false memory, and you have, like, half the population that is sure that they vividly remember that something is one way, but it's actually the other way. And it's not that they just have a false memory. It's that they have the same exact false memory. Right. And some people attribute this to, like, glitches in the Matrix or in the simulation. Some people... uh, you know, would say that this is like different realities splintering or coming together. Um, some other examples of this, sex and the city is often remembered as sex in the city. 
other remote other examples of this. You know the Queen song, "We Are the Champions." Yeah. How does that song end? What do you we mean? are the champions no of the world, right? Time for losers, because we, we are the champions. Oh, of the, of world. the world. That of the world part is not in the song, but wait. everyone remembers it in there. Look wow. it up wait, right wait. now and have your mind blown. Go on Spotify. They oh, don't say shit. of the world hold at on. the end of that song. Hold on, hold on. You're gonna have to add this in post because I'm, I'm gonna give you one more. I'm gonna give you one more. Darth Vader never says, "Luke, I am your father." Never says that. Never says that. Never yeah, says never, that. You say, no, I am your father. It, yeah. Exactly. But a lot of people remember. So it's not that everyone remembers it false. It's that like a lot of people remember well, it false to be fair, in the same the, way. The Darth Vader one, we could actually debunk this right here. I'm going to go ahead and shoot that one off the sky. That's actually because of the movie Black Sheep. Oh, where, that's true. In the fan? Where, yeah, Chris Farley in the 90s right. changed the perspective because he has this classic joke where he misquotes the the Star Wars line and he's talking to a fan and he does the <laughs> Luke I am your father that's a good that's a good so then he does that shit and then from there it, it just kind of like it took off that way because the the yeah the line has right. always been no I am your father right. because of what Luke says before like oh you killed my father right. and he says no. I am your, your father. father. Yeah. yeah. So then that's okay. So that's I, one less for the for the pile. That's one right. less. Let's check out the. All right. Let me. Can I debunk the Bernstein one? Yeah. I just feel it. like a lot of people have seen a lot of common names that end with E I N, like uh, Weinstein or like Silverstein and stuff. So they like when it comes to the Bernstein, it just like they remember it to be spelled E I N instead of A I N. So. That's what I think it is. It's like a lot of people made the assumption, and then when they said it, like AI and mis- misread it. They they misread it. No, it's not. Maybe they didn't misread it, but when it, they first saw Ber, you know Bernstein Bears, it was just like a very like unique name that ends in a special way. And then when like you know as you grow up, you see a lot of different common you know last names in America. Like you know like what I said before. Yeah, I mean definitely. I I don't. I can't think of any last name that ends in S T A I N. Yeah. But that's the thing; it's like not a name, right? Stain. It's yeah. almost like they had it Berenstein, and then they go, "Oh, that's too Jewish. We need to make it Berenstein." Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it, it feels like an edit at the last yeah, second. Yeah, yeah, Hold yeah. on, let me let me check this out. Are you pulling here. out Queen? I have to. Of the world. Exactly. It's, it's not there. Nah, man, whoever edited our simulation left that part out, apparently. And that is exactly the other side of this coin, right? right? Where uh, when you think about the Mandela effect and false, uh, collective false memories, if you subscribe to the simulation theory, this would be just prime material. But then also, if we ever figure out time travel... That's what I wanted to bring up. Like the whole butterfly effect thing. This could be like a result of not a good split of, mm-hmm. of timelines. And it's just like <laughs> some half got mixed up, you know? Yeah. yeah also, yeah. and then also if you are a time traveler yeah. and you're working with people, how do you prove to someone that you're a time traveler? I think that this is like prime, prime methods for like. So if, if you if, ever if, heard of the Mandela effect? Yeah, no, not just that, but it's like, let's say that I'm trying to prove to you that I'm a time traveler and all you have in your hand is the, this Berenstein book. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to have them rename the book and the book you have will change. Right. It's a nice parlor trick. Yeah. Right. So the dude <laughs> leaves, comes back. 
you pick up the same book and now it's Berenstain. Nice. And you're like, hold up, wait a second. <laughs> I feel like it would be a good method to prove you're a time traveler, but there might be an easier way to do it. Just predict that tomorrow's stock market would go in a certain way and make money off it and then be like, yeah, I told Maybe you. Maybe your government professor was a time traveler. Damn. Yo, Mr. Martin, son, Mr. Mr. Martin, bro, I'm gonna look for him now. I gotta look for him. I feel like he'll be easier to find but than he's I gone think, down. especially he's gone now with the, the internet. Future. That should be crazy. He used to play Mr. with rubber bands. Martian. Oh, he was trying to let you know shit. the whole time. All right, wait. So, I, so the Mandela. <laughs> yeah, I think that's over. No, I'm just kidding. I just want to do one thing with this queen shit. Okay, and I want to get try to f- see if we could get to the bottom of this queen shit. And I'm just gonna go to where. The Queen song was introduced to me, and this is uh, Mighty Ducks Part Two. Uh, it's another Disney flick. We're shouting out all the Disney flicks. But I think it was in Revenge of the Nerds before that. Just saying, uh, maybe no, not no, no, to no, you, but, but, but yeah. this, but this is where the song was introduced to me. So gotcha. I just want to see if in this song, what happens is at the end of the Mighty Ducks. I'm not going to ruin the ending for you, but they are at a bonfire. Come on, I'm watching that later tonight, man. <laughs> they're at no a bonfire. Spoilers. Oh man, they're at a bonfire. <laughs> <laughs> and they end up listening to, to this song, and this is definitely a spoiler because there's only one reason why they would be listening to this song. Because they won. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> because they're the champions of the world. Let's check this out, and I yeah, feel like play, we play we yeah, could ride out on so this. So this one. might be a black sheep type of thing where the movie like influences our memory of it. Right, exactly. Okay. Like, you remember it that way because of that. So I guess we could ride out on this. And for this one, are we going to say that officially the Mandela effect is debunked? Or is it real? Like, what do we feel about it? doesn't answer the um, yeah, Nelson not, Mandela thing. The, the the ceremony thing? Yeah, that people oh, that people thought he was dead. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's a namesake, honestly. Maybe they confused it with the fact that they remember him going to prison at that time. But he that, went to prison way before that. Yeah, he was in prison for a really long time. Well, he I, I think that that could be part of the reason why people thought he died. Yeah, because they forgot because about him. It was right? like he was doing all these... Uh, but they remember watching... A v- a, t- like a, a major TV event, like a Diana, like a Princess yeah. Diana style. Right, exactly. But, but who are these that's, tribute? That's what it is. It's Wait, not as if they who all are these people that dead. watched it. Who they are believe, these people? Who are uh, these people? <laughs> they have a collective <laughs> memory of the same event. What do they know? Jerry Seinfeld in the Rogue History yeah. Studio. Uh, no, I, well, that's the thing. I mean, memory is really bad and tricky, right? Like, you can't, yes. you know, have you ever... There have been, I wish I could remember a specific example, but there have been like movies that I remember a certain thing happening and then watch it again. And it's like, oh, yeah, it was actually like this. Like, you know, human memory is like a deeply flawed mechanism. It wasn't really designed to hold on to all this media, you know. So, you know, eventually, yeah, some things are going to start to blur together and. Tommy, or sorry, Black Sheep is going to replace my memory of. It might have been in Tommy Boy. Oh yeah, it's like the same movie. Yeah, right? they, like, all those <laughs> shits were the same movies, bro. Wait, so let's get to let's get to this. Uh, all right, so so my position, we'll go. Let's go around the table. But my position is, as I've said before, I'm totally okay with the whole simulation theory, because the coder would just be God, and it kind of like splitting hairs at that point. Yeah, about like sure. What information is exactly versus like atoms? So. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, I'm totally fine with it. And as long as I get to live a long, help, happy, healthy life, I'm I'm fine with living in a simulation. And, you know, it doesn't need to be Berenstein Bears. You know, you can edit as much as you want. Yeah. So basically, you're cool with the idea that there's parallel universes and each time the parallel universes Just think universe of them as like versions of, a, versions of a, like compiled versions of a code or something like so that. So these are like fragments from the last update? Yes. Got That's it. a perfect way to put it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. So you're going yes on the Mandela effect. Yes. You subscribe to that. 
<laughs> um, I subscribe to the parallel universe and like simulation theory. Yeah. For sure, but I, I don't think there's a correlation with the Mandela effect. I think these are just like people, like, you know, they make per- perfectly reasonable assumptions, um, but like, it's just like the reality turned out to be different. And yeah. that, by definition, it shouldn't prove that, you know, we live in a parallel universe, even if yeah. I do believe we live in a parallel universe. So you're going no on the Mandela effect? No. Nah. So that's one yes, one no, one yay, one nay. Brian, how you feeling? Nay. Uh, I'm, I'm with Yaz on this one. Um, I, as far as I know, there wasn't even like a full, there wasn't even like a full survey conducted with how many people even have the same uh, collective false memory. Mm-hmm. I th- it could probably be in like the thousands, which is statistically just like so insignificant. Oh, it means nothing. Yeah. You know, um, and, and it's like a pretty reasonable assumption to have made. Yeah. He was away for like 50 years or something like that in prison. Yeah. Maybe they believed he died. So... I'm going to have to go yay on this one. And the reason I'm going yay is because I was I was saving this, but I am a strong <laughs> strong <laughs> st- strong believer of the Berenstein Bears. I mm. remember reading that book as a kid. I, I remember, remember my teachers even calling it like the Berenstein, Berenstein Bears, Bears. Always, bro. I am yeah, a but strong like- believer of that. And the reason why I'm a strong believer of it is just that that was a big book when I was like in kindergarten, yeah, yeah. first grade, second grade. And I understand that memories at that time are very like fleeting and right. all that. However, they, they, I've never been more sure about anything. Like when it comes to this stuff where it's just like, bro, that shit was definitely Berenstein. Like right. to the point where when that shit came out and I was reading Berenstein, I was like, get the fuck out of here. I looked up the publisher. I looked up all that shit. And right. I remember, dude, like I remember vividly from the Scholastic uh, books. Yeah, yeah. You remember that they used yeah, to get those course. in school yeah. uh, and, and buying those right, books yeah, at the yeah. book fair. No, yeah, about like, So I remember that shit vividly, bro. And it's a shame you didn't watch the cartoon because I remember it vividly too because it's in the theme song. And I remembered, I'm like, no, I remember the the theme song. It was like Berenstein Bears, but, but nope. Like, when you watch it on YouTube, Baron Stan is what they say. That's fucking wait, wait, crazy, so dog. It's I, crazy. I, I believe they were called the Bernstein Bird, but I think the spelling was AI. No, it was said Baron Stan. So when you it's look it up yeah. on when you no, look no, it up on YouTube, that, that's trippy. I think somebody just fucking with us on YouTube. <laughs> Yo, son, honestly, so by that logic, I think that there is something otherworldly going on here. I, I, I subscribe to this conspiracy theory that yes, true indeed, there's something that happened that shifted. I think this is the one. Bro. I think we have the I final know. proof teed up right here, though, with uh, with the Mighty Ducks. Because that, that would be the shot that kills this, the conspiracy. True, yeah. Well, let's check it out. Let's see if Of the World is in here. Yo, I'm out of here, bro. Fuck this show. I'm out. (laughs) 